We always enjoy using the root cellar, but on those days or nights when we have truly severe weather moving through, we are so glad to have a storm shelter. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of March 20th, 2014. We are indeed glad to have a root cellar slash storm shelter. It's a multifunction um, little area underneath our lodge, um, kind of like a very small, very um, secure basement, <laughs> no windows. <laughs> we had always known that we wanted to have a root cellar. That's an important part of being resilient and being able to store food over the long <laughs> winters. Um, but I think our vision of a storm shelter had always been sort of a hole in the ground, uh, not, right. not a lot of... Uh, pomp and circumstance to yes it. and not necessarily anywhere near our house I mean not you know it wouldn't be too far but I'm not built into or accessible to yeah. uh, the dwelling but and then came the tornadoes uh, in here in Alabama our big outbreak was April the 27th 2011 we had a tornado move through eclectic and killed four people and did a lot of damage and of course, on this very same day, uh, this huge, deadly tornado moved through mm -hmm. first Tuscaloosa, then Birmingham, and then went on up to uh, Huntsville and Harvest right. and did some yeah. damage and <laughs> so forth up there. And considering that we have metal buildings on the property, I mean, actually, after seeing some of the footage on television, after the tornadoes hit Tuscaloosa, that was the one I remember most vividly, um, and there was nothing left in some of those neighborhoods, I thought, you know, it doesn't matter what your building's made of, actually. <laughs> You're vulnerable. And, of course, it was so heartbreaking, and I think we even did a podcast about it afterwards. But it happened to at a time that we had a decision to make about our own design of our structures here. And it just seemed, it was it was a timely thing to remind us that, we needed to take precautions, and why not go ahead and build a storm shelter into the design of our lodge, which is exactly what we did. And it was the first thing that we did. We excavated for the storm shelter before we did the foundation or anything else. And the way it works out, it's uh, mm -hmm. nicely camouflaged from most points of view. It's rather difficult to see the storm shelter and root cellar until you get right on it. Uh, otherwise, mm -hmm. it sort of fits into the landscape and it's not particularly prominent. Which is fine. Um, and of course, as you said, we want to be sure, we wanted to be sure that we had a place to store um, vegetables like such as pumpkins and uh, sweet potatoes and um, other types of squash and um, jams, jellies, other um canned goods that really needed to be protected from heat and light. Um, so, you know, we, we do have, as I said, a multi-purpose structure where we can have both of those needs fulfilled, protection from bad weather and storage for food. In our case, the room is 12 feet by 16 feet. 
its walls are eight inches of reinforced concrete, as are as is the floor, and then the ceiling has 12 inches of reinforced concrete. That's not because we felt like the ceiling needed extra support. We just built the, the root cellar and then we poured a concrete <laughs> pad right across it and the dirt. And the result is a four inch pad on top of an eight inch uh, ceiling and you've got 12 inches of reinforced concrete. We have um, a steel door at which opens out which is not really what we wanted it's not the best arrangement we wish that we had been able to have the steel door open inward we had a mix-up in communication with our contractor it was already poured and in place by the time i had a chance to see it and as a result we ended up with the steel door opening out why is that a problem it's a problem only if a tree is wedged in place well, or anything is wedged. Or anything in place. is is wedged in place, making it difficult for you to open the door to come out when the storm has passed. Um, we've dealt with that in several ways. The first is we have this fairly narrow opening to the door, so if it if it's just a regular tree with big old roots, it's going to have trouble penetrating that very fairly narrow opening right um and there is a an overhang that comes out about six feet beyond the door which will catch most root balls as they're coming in so it's going to be a little difficult for a tree to come in there second thing we've done is to equip the root cellar storm shelter with a saw so that if we needed to we could start Hmm. sawing to work our way out and, and we've also fixed it up with a whistle. Right. And it, a whistle's good. And hopefully we would have um, some way of communicating and more about that later. But if the cell towers are still going and our phone, phone batteries haven't died, we hope at the very least we could communicate with someone on the outside if we're trapped in there. But, you know, that's a minor problem. The, as you said, we've, we've dealt with the problem of the steel door opening the wrong way and... Uh, I guess for what it's worth, it takes up less room in the storage room that way, too, because we have more in, interior space well, where we can true. store. <laughs> so um, we have power and lights in there. Yeah, and uh, we also have a flashlight that stays plugged in and fully mm-hmm. charged so that anytime we need a flashlight, we can get to it. Um, in our case, we have four shelving units that are arranged <clears throat> around the root cellar, which are where we store mm-hmm. most of the food. Right. Yes. We already owned those, so it was easy. And they're not the best-looking things in the world, but they work. They get the job done. they get the job done. That's right. Um, All of that added, I'm guessing, around $11,500 to the cost of the lodge. Uh, You may think, oh, my goodness, that's that's a huge (laughs) amount of money. And for some people, it's a huge amount of money. In the big picture of the cost of the lodge, it was not that... um, earth-shaking to us, we could justify it, and we decided, okay, this is this makes sense, yeah. let's do it. And, the, and it's really difficult to put a price on your safety, or the safety of your loved ones who are there with you when if a storm comes. That's a good point, and I guess <laughs> to use an overused expression, peace of mind, mm-hmm. uh, there is something about knowing that root cellar, that storm shelter is there, that allows us to rest more easily at night 
let's say that there's a there's rough weather coming in, we can take it easy. You know, I, I always sort of monitor when we have rough weather, and I don't worry about our safety. I know that when the push push comes to shove, we can get comfortable, we can get safe in the storm shelter. And, you know, it faces, the opening faces toward our apartment where we live all the time in our pole barn. So we can almost as quickly get there from this building as we could from the lodge. It's very accessible to where we live. Now, you do have to go out in the weather to get to the storm shelter. There's no internal entrance to it. You can't go directly from the lodge down to it. You can't go directly from the barn. But we're willing to pay that price, and we figure most people would be willing to pay that price if you are truly concerned for your safety. You don't mind getting a little wet. Yes. Um, So let's talk about the storm shelter aspect um, of it. We've only used it once because of bad weather. We, I mean, we use it for storage all the time, but we've only had one time that we got worried enough about the possibility of uh, severe weather that we, that you, Audie, and I went in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were sure glad to have it. I've forgotten exactly when it was. It was probably within the last year. It was. It was fairly recently. It was a tornado warning uh, here for Elmore County, where we live, and um I don't react just to a tornado warning for Elmore County because we can tell, as as most of you can, we can tell whether it's truly heading in our direction or head going somewhere else. But this one really seemed to be coming in our direction, and we waited until we were about 15 minutes before the storm was due to hit here, and we said, mm-hmm. let's make our move. Right. And we went there, went to the storm shelter, and we stayed there for about 20, 25 minutes. And then we came out. And when we came out, when we went in, it was not raining. <clears throat> we did not take an umbrella in there. When we came out, it was pouring rain. The threat of the tornado was passed, but it the rain had set in for a while. So we made an important discovery that day. We needed to keep an umbrella in there at all times. So that when we, because that pattern is fairly common, where you go in there, it's not raining, you come out. It's, it could be, you know, depending on how long you had to stay. So we ordered a couple of large umbrellas, kind of like golf umbrellas, and we keep them in there all the time. Yeah, and right now there's only one in there, and I'm not sure where the others are. We had four at I one time. I think maybe we used it for um, some outdoor activity. We do need to replace it, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> probably need to. I think what we had decided is we we're going to have one in the lodge, one in the barn, and two in the storm shelter right. at all times. And, um somehow they've gotten redistributed, but I'm sure we can round them back up. The point is, that's how we discovered that we needed to keep an umbrella in the storm shelter. And and you've already mentioned the idea of a flashlight, which is good. Um, and when we were in there with Audie, we just, well, you keep a cot in there. And I, th- oh, we, I thought we, we moved, well, let's talk about why. Sometimes you take a nap up there in the summer because it's in cooler. In the hot summertime, the root cellar is an awfully pleasant place to take a nap. So that's why I have a cot up there. And then we had a couple of lawn chairs up there, folding chairs. And right now I think there's only one chair up there because we cribbed one of the chairs for some event. I've forgotten what it was. We probably need to move it back in there. Right, we do. Okay, so that's how it's done as a storm shelter. Overall, very, very happy with the Mm -hmm. results. We've used it probably a little less than we thought we would at this point, but we're not complaining. 
Right. We, in fact, one reason we're not using it as much, we the only crop of root vegetables, if you will, that really have been stored there have been sweet potatoes because I didn't have that many others. Um, we did have about three pumpkins. Okay, you're talking about how we've used it as a root cellar. What I was saying is we haven't used it as a storm shelter quite as much as we thought we might. Right, that's true. Uh, but, yeah, let's do talk about the the its performance as a root cellar. And, but, yeah, we, the sweet potatoes have been a real success yeah. story. And But in a way, I was you didn't let me finish my thought, but we have not used it as a root cellar as much as I thought we would either. I thought that every vegetable of any you know that that you could store other than by freezing it or something i thought that we'd be putting them all in the storm shelter like pumpkins and of course i haven't had any squash since we built it um and um i guess i thought garlic would be stored in there and onions and we turned out not to do that we did not put our pumpkins in the storm shelter we only had three but i'm not really sure why uh the garlic I think this that you thought the smell would overwhelm us. I decided that it would be just a little pungent in there. Uh, you know, we keep the we have been storing the garlic in my storage room, my my shop, and it smells garlicky in there. <laughs> and it's pretty pungent in the shop, and the shop is pretty well ventilated, much better ventilated than the root cellar is. So I guess I was thinking it's just a little much for mm. that confined fairly, um, there's not a lot of air movement through the root cellar. And I think now I'm remembering why we decided not to store our onions there. Because in the summertime, it gets very damp. This past summer, it was damp. And onions need to be stored in a dry place. So not, not refrigerated, but I ended up putting, of course, you want them cool too. And that is one of the drawbacks of that root cellar. It's not it doesn't stay dry during wet weather. Yeah. Yeah, it does have a fair amount of moisture down there. Um, however, it has proven a great place to store sweet potatoes. We harvested the sweet potatoes when in October, I guess. Right. And we are still pulling sweet potatoes here in March, and they're in great shape. Um, so... We're pleased with the way they are holding up over, mm-hmm. over time. And it could be just as a summer storage or for, like I said, for an onion, for onions or something, maybe that's the weak link because mm-hmm. of the dampness. The other thing we've really not used it for yet is to store apples and pears simply because we haven't had enough to store. We just eat those. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't. so you know, over time we expect to have more pears, we expect to have more apples. And uh, then I think we will use the root cellar for some of them as well. But let's talk about what we have stored there. It's a, it's a, it, effectively, it's a wine cellar. We um, usually will buy a lot of cases of wine at some place like Trader Joe's, so that, and keep it on hand. And it's a great place let's to hear store it. For it. Two buck chuck. Yeah, and we hope that someday we'll have enough muscadines. We can make our own muscadine wine, and it'll be a great storage place for that. Sure will. Uh, we do store jam in the uh, root cellar. We have uh, several jars of strawberry jam still left, and they're stored in the root the, cellar. Those things that we have canned, right, our own canned goods. Correct. Uh, we used to store our wheat berries. We mill all our own whole wheat flour, and <laughs> we used to store the wheat berries in the deep freeze in a Ziploc bag. Now we keep those wheat berries in a half-gallon jar, 
in several half-gallon jars in the root cellar, and they seem to be keeping very well. No yeah, problems right. there. They are sealed against moisture and critters and so forth. Um, and then we just pull out a half gallon at a time and mill it mm-hmm. and use it until it's gone, right. and then we use, start over again. And that's freed up a lot of space in our deep freeze uh, that we can use for other things. And we that are- was getting to be mm-hmm. a little bit of an issue because yeah. we were using up a lot of space for those wheat berries, particularly when, when we had just bought a 50-pound bag. Right. I also made um, pickles last summer and canned those, I'm, and we made pepper jelly also, you know, in our canner, um, and um, I made pepper sauce. So we stored all those things down there. It was a great place to keep them uh, dry and cool and out of the light, or I should say dark. And, you know, the moisture really wasn't a big problem for those canned goods. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what we hope to do in the future with the storm shelter root cellar. One of them is we included passage for a ham radio antenna and I've not Mm. installed an antenna up near the lodge so there's no antenna to to use right now but that's one of the things we hope to add so that I can use my little handheld transceiver to uh, be in communication while we're inside the storm and you might talk about why you decided a ham radio was more important than let's say just relying on a cell phone well of course if there is ever a time when the cell phones are going to be less reliable, it's in the aftermath of a huge storm. So um, the ham radio antenna is more resilient. It's a little more dependable. And we realized after the tornadoes of 2011 that um, many places, including Huntsville, where our niece lives, that the cell towers were down and no one could get in touch with her for a while. It was really scary. Hunter and Blakely were in the middle of a tornado. They were not in danger, but we didn't know that at the time. And no one could reach them and they couldn't reach us. And it was a time of a great deal of of angst and nervousness Mm -hmm. on our part because we couldn't reach them. and, And it was because their cell towers were down. So I think this is a part of redundancy that we need to add to our um, lifestyle just for resilience. And, yeah. of course, it was after that that you actually became a ham radio True. operator. So, And another thing that, some, that people often ask us about is provisions. Are you going to put water in there? Are you going to have crackers or cookies or something to eat or, you know, a can of Vienna sausage? Or in your case, people ask you, you're going to have a bathroom in there. Right. Um, and the answer to all those questions right now, at least, is no. We're, we've decided that at least here in Alabama, at least based on present knowledge, the duration of the stays we're going to need to make in the root cellar is so short that we don't really need to worry about provisions. Don't need, you know, like we're probably talking about staying in there for 15 minutes, right. 20 minutes. I'd probably take a bottle of water with me to the storm shelter yeah. when I go. And one of the things that we do naturally whenever we hear that there may be severe weather in the offing is we both, almost without thinking about it, make sure that our cell phone batteries are fully charged. So that would be one thing we would do is we would make sure we have a fully charged cell phone. And we might want to think about having a battery-operated weather radio that we keep in there. That would probably be a good addition. 
Yeah, I don't know whether I want to depend on keeping a battery charged down there. That's a, that's a good question. We'll give that some thought. Something to think about. Yeah. But we just believe in preparedness. And as I said, we're so fortunate. It's, it also doubles as a place to store our food and prolong our um, season of being able to eat fresh food that we've grown. So um, we hope that if you have questions about building a, such a place for yourself that you'll consult look at our website we'll have some links on the podcast and um, on the show notes page and at least photographs of what we've done and one other thing i guess i need to talk about is just because we put it in our lodge and spent eleven thousand five hundred dollars on it and so forth doesn't mean that you would need to spend that kind of money or design it the way we did ours I think mm -hmm. any below-ground space that's sheltered by the earth is much safer than your home or you know, a, a closet mm -hmm. would be or something like mm -hmm. that. So if all you can do is dig out a little space or if all you can do is bury one of those two-person shelters, that's worth doing. And, and I, I think you will find it will give you more peace of mind. Thank you for being with us this week, and we hope that you'll have a good one. See you next time. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.